Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. All right, back to the Zero Podcast, sponsored by Establishment Coffee Co. Use the code 025 for 25% off and free shipping. Welcome back, fam. How's Hello. everyone doing? Fantastic. Amazing. Good, good, good. CJ, what have you been up to? Um, um, what have I been up to? Not much, really. I mean, for us, it was Halloween last night. Um, so I don't really do much for Halloween. Did anyone do anything for Halloween last night? Oh, I didn't. Our church kind of has like a alternative, like for kids that's not scary. So yeah. me and my mate went as like fighters, <laughs> and yeah. the, the robe I was wearing, I had a boxer's robe that I can't close anymore. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is, this is, yeah, wow. I didn't realize I was that much smaller when I fought, but um, yeah, that was that's all I've been up to really. Kind of, kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Halloween, but not scary. E- well, it's kind of like Easter or Christmas, but no Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. Or no Santa or no Easter Bunny, whatever you're into. Mm. True. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's supposed to not be the purpose. Thought-provoking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween's pretty messed up. Like, the amount of times that people put, like, razor blades in the candy. Yeah. Poison in the Poisoning candy. Poisoning the apples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. It's like it goes against everything you teach your kids growing up. Like, don't take candy from strangers. And then Halloween, go to the stranger's house and ask for some lollies. <laughs> Beg for candy. <laughs> All of them. All this year. Did you guys ever go trick-or-treating? Yeah, but... It Once, I think. It wasn't really a thing. In I feel like I. it was pretty big in Christchurch. It was. Yeah. But I was just talking to Sammy and like she was like, the amount of times we had to go home to empty the... Uh, their buckets because they get got too much lollies. I'm like, where are you trick or treating? Yeah, I, I don't even <laughs> see trick or treaters in Australia. Yeah, and so she said in her neighbourhood it's huge. And yeah, it yeah, is so out in the suburbs. Yeah, so she yeah. went. She's like, we had to go home so many times to empty the buckets because there was too many lollies. Oh, boo hoo! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that's chaotic. Um, Man, so you guys went to Fright Night? We did. That was so fun. Mm. And got the shit scared out of us by Shawnee, one of the members here. We didn't know it was her. Yeah, so what happened? So what happened was we went on a ride first. We went on a roller coaster because Fright Night hadn't officially started. And then when we got off the roller coaster, there's all these actors out in like makeup and walking around with like chainsaws and scary masks. It's actually terrifying. It's really confronting. You wouldn't think it'd be so scary, but they, they're right up in your face and... Um, this one was terrorizing Paris, this guy with a chainsaw, and we we're all having a laugh about that. And the next minute I turn around and this person in a devil mask is like right up in my face, <laughs> terrifying James and I. And then they're like, Bridget. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and then James was like, yeah, they said my name too. And we we're trying to work out who it was. And we're like, it must be someone from the gym. And then Paris figured out it was Shawnee because she saw a poster reel. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So she so figured, good. so Shawnee never actually revealed herself. No, 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 she wasn't allowed. She had to stay in character. So did you say afterwards, hey, Shawnee? Yeah, afterwards we went up and she's like, I walked up to her and she's like, Bridget, it's me. <laughs> I can't say anything. I have to stay in character. <laughs> That's awesome. It's so good. That would have scared the shit out of me. It was scary. It was Friday scary. night's fucking scary. Yeah. yeah. It's the combination of the two worst things for me. Theme, par- theme parks and uh, roller coasters. And rides. Yeah, so Daniel went. Daniel and I went to one last year in America at Six Flags. Mm. It's like a spooky night kind of thing. It's the same concept. 
But they, they mainly picked on the kids. So they didn't come near us. Maybe it's because he was like bald and jacked and veiny. <laughs> they they <laughs> didn't, didn't come near us, which I was extremely grateful for because I hate that stuff. Well, I mm. love that sort of stuff. And even I was scared. But it's funny. By the end of the night, you're so exhausted and tired. You're just not scared anymore. anymore. Yeah. And you can even tell the actors aren't fucking, they're just like, ah. Right. <laughs> not into it anymore. <laughs> Because uh, it goes for about five hours, I think. Mm. Do you like theme parks? Do you like rides? So did you I like rides? Yeah. Oh, do you so wait? So you don't mind heights? No, I don't mind heights. Oh, okay. No, I love rides. Yeah. What about you, CJ? No. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do heights. It's weird. Actually, you're really bad yeah, with heights. I'm, I'm like crippling bad with heights. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, like this reel came up on on this girl that was a a diver, like you know, uh, free like diver. A free diver. Yeah, and. She was in this massive indoor pool, like, and to get to the 20 meter board, it was like the skywalk that you have to walk mm. across. And she has to be like, she has to be like cuffed to the, like the rail and she's walking across, like doing, like explaining her stuff and wa- watching that. Cause she's literally like 20 meters, like up, just walking above like an empty pool, getting to the, up in the, like, and I was just, mm. yeah, like proper, my legs were like going and I'm sitting there watching the video. <laughs> like even that gets me. Um, so yeah But the weird thing is Is like I love water slides Yeah Which is like You would say is like Less safe Than a roller coaster Because you know Well I But like but Can you do the water slides That are not A full tube Like the ones that are exposed uh, Yeah 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 Still still like Kind of like You know Frightening or whatnot But like I can't get on a roller coaster. Have you guys been on that water slide? You know where you stand in there like this, like a pin, and then the floor drops away from no, you no, and you I just haven't. free fall? I I've only been a Wet n Wild once in my life. Yeah, this one's at Dream World. I think they have a longer one at Wet n Wild. Yeah, okay. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah, you just wait for the floor to fall away. No, thanks. No. <laughs> Yuck. Not my dream. I'm, I'm on a roller actually, coaster. I'd actually be really into that. I like yeah, that stuff. Yeah, so cool. Bro, I can't do rods. Yeah. At all. <laughs> After you got off, you said it wasn't that bad, and then I think you convinced yourself afterwards that it was worse than what it was. Like I've been to, like as a kid, I'm, pr- I, I, it was. I think anxiety gets worse as you get older, uh, with that kind of stuff. Because in like the Netherlands, there's a park called uh, Efteling, yeah, and I'd go on all the rides there, and I was still scared. But now, as I get older, it gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I, I was talking to, I was on the live feed of um the Nightmare on Mulder Street. I went to the comp I went to on the weekend. I did the live feed for the non-pro flights. And a couple of times I had like Jamie next to me or uh, or Lily next to me. And I was asking them and I was asking another guy that was doing it with me, do you remember getting nervous as a kid? Like when you're going up to do a sporting event because there was a lot of like 14-year-olds. And same thing that you guys see here. We get a lot of kids come and lift. They never seem nervous. And if you talk to them, they also don't seem nervous. or They don't say, I'm nervous. You become a lot more aware of that adrenaline mm. and tying it to nervousness as you get older. Mm. I found the same thing in BMX. The older I got, the more aware I was of consequences. So like when you're younger, you just huck yourself down rails and do whatever, just pedal and you don't think of the worst that can happen. And as you get older, you're like, here is a list of things that could mm. go wrong yeah. based on all the times they have gone wrong. And you kind of have to, it's the same with lifting. I get under the bar and I'm like, okay, could tear my bicep, could tear my pec, could tear my hamstring. You have to sort of like drown out that voice. Do you get nervous competing? Nah. I get adrenaline, which mm. is nerves. Yeah. But I'm not scared. Like I I can control that because I'm aware of what's happening, mm-hmm. which is just a skill. Like it's the same with any sport. You, everyone gets nervous, but that nervousness is just a word to say adrenaline. Yeah. What about you, CJ? When the last, your boxing fight, were you nervous? Yeah. 
Yeah? Yeah, that was the last time I was properly nervous. Because even for my comp, like, I was... I guess you could say I was nervous there. Um, but I was also, like, living off the energy of the room. Mm. Like, I love that. Um, but for the fight, yeah, I was pretty... It's hard to say. I, I think it was... Um, I, like, because the guy that I fought, we'd sparred a lot. So I knew I had him in the fight. I knew I could win. But it was still... Now you're doing it in front of heaps of people and your friends and family watching and it's being live streamed. Like that that's kinda like the the daunting part of it. But um yeah, I'd say I was yeah, pretty nervous for that. Like that was proper like I felt sick. Do you get nervous, Bridget? Before powerlifting comps, yeah. Only until I do the first squat and then I'm good. But as a kid I never got nervous. Like for sporting events. But anything like we did plays, I did public speaking, all of that, I used to shit myself. This sort of thing, like, always get terrified. Mm. Well, not this anymore, but I used to. What about you? Mm. No, I think the last time I've done something competitive as an adult was my that jiu-jitsu comp. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I was like, oh, I'm actually nervous. I don't ever remember being nervous. Yeah, before. you were nervous. Mm. Yeah, I remember that. But, yeah, I was nervous until... uh. I don't know. I think I told you. I was nervous until I grabbed him. And I'm like, mm. fuck, I'm way stronger than this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, nah, I'm winning today. I'm winning. But yeah. Nah, so it's, a, it's just funny hearing how people are. What happens when people get nervous. Yeah. I like watching people get nervous on my coach development calls when I say, so James, unmute yourself and tell me what you think about this. And everyone's like, oh. oh. <laughs> Bro, I still get nervous when you're around when I'm coaching. <laughs> Same. I was doing a technique session yesterday. You came downstairs. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I think the same thing. Oh, no, I'm nervous about the job I've been doing for six years. Yeah. <laughs> we just want to do a good job, Thomas. <laughs> All right. What are we grateful for? Bridget. Um, What am I grateful for? I didn't think about this. I am grateful for... Streaming services like Netflix and and Binge and all that. It's a simple one, but um, we've been watching some old school wrestling lately and it's really cool to be able to just go back and watch that. And <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's great. We watched like the best of 2001 um, WWE and it was so good. So many great moments that I forgot about. We spoke about it last week, but mm. literally the definition of putting your body on the line. Yeah. yeah. Those guys are athletes. Especially when you think back to what they did now. It's like, mm. you just did a front flip and landed on your back on, <laughs> <laughs> on the floor and got up. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. They do it week in, week yeah. out. Yeah. James, what are you grateful for? Um, I'm grateful for... What am I grateful for? Flip, come back to me. Sorry, boys. CJ. Um... I hate using this all the time. Family? <laughs> but yeah, my friends. Um, I'm really grateful for them. Um, uh, I guess, yeah, like, we're, we're all, like, together <laughs> last night talking and we all kind of had a reflection moment where we were, like, growing up as a kid, it would have been awesome to have, like, one of them as a as a best friend, like, having up. Like, it, I always had maybe one bestie growing up or whatever that, you know... I was just closest to, but like there's about seven of us that are like such a tight group of friends. And I'm like, man, usually I thought as I'd get older, I'd have less friends. Like we'd all kind of go our own ways. And this is where I have like the most closest tight knit group of friends that we have. So 
yeah, we're all like very grateful. Nice. But yeah. Nice, nice, nice. I am grateful for Nick Gleboff. For those who don't know, Nick is our media, uh, sorry, our web slash tech slash advertising guy. You don't see a lot of him pop up on social media. You don't see a lot of him pop up on zero social media because he lives behind a computer. But the guy is just so good. So good. He's been such an asset to zero. He works so hard. Uh, you know, all of us, we have our faces and our names out there. Uh, he's just behind the scenes making the ship sail smoothly. So thank you for everything you do, Nick. Nick's the man. Uh, I'm grateful for podcasts. Nice. Mm. Do you listen to much music anymore? Um, I do when I fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I listen to music when I fly and occasionally in the car. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I love a podcast. Podcasts and audiobooks. But I, yeah, bounce between audiobooks mm. and podcasts. What are you listening to at the moment? Uh, no audiobooks, just a podcast. Um, but just enough. I'm always switching between. Uh, the main one I listen to, I mainly listen to like hip hop uh, yep. podcasts. Uh, but the one called Rory and Mal. So I always listen to that. Don't miss an episode. So yeah. It's what's, my it, what's it called? Uh, the new Rory and Mal podcast. Rory and Mel. Yeah. It's who, just, who are they? Just two. Like one of them's uh, like, what's the word? He's like a. He's a producer, mm-hmm. and then the other guy, he does, like, uh, public relations for, like, uh, music artists, mm. and they just, the stories are cool, and the way they talk about hip-hop with such, like, uh, the way they talk about hip-hop is how I like to talk about hip-hop, so, mm. yeah, it's cool. Mm. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, alternative history theories and uh, ancient apocalypse kind of stuff, Graham Hancock, that sort of stuff. I listened to a few podcasts on the big drives between... Sydney and Bathurst on the weekend. That was great. Yeah, it's don't get, don't get time to do that enough these days. So it was really nice to fill my conspiracy cup. <laughs> All right, have we, who's got some quotes? It's not conspiracies, the truth. That's right. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard facts. I'm not theories. CJ, you got a quote, brother? No, no, I haven't. I will. Um, sometimes when you have a problem, the solution is to find someone with a bigger problem and help them solve it. So kind of just giving you perspective, maybe your problem isn't the end of the world. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. All right. The more we value things outside our control, the less we ha- the less control we have. Mm-hmm. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Uh, if you care about what other people think, you will always be their prisoner. Nice. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Real friends never have to tell you that they're your friends. Cute. Facts. Nice. <laughs> cute. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tom, bro, you want to touch on uh, the competition you went to in the weekend? Yeah. Nightmare on Mulder Street? Yes, a Nightmare on Mulder Street too. A little bit of midriff there. Show for the, <laughs> the audience. Midriff. They got <laughs> to pay for that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I, um, I flew down to Sydney and then drove out to Bathurst which is where they had the Nightmare on Mulder Street 2. It's a competition hosted by a gym called One Strength. Lyle and the team out there put on the show. Uh, it ended up in, in like just a warehouse because what had happened was he's building a gym out there and they'd been messed around by council. So the gym hasn't opened in time. So he booked the Bathurst showgrounds and then a couple of weeks before the comp, they're like, oh, sorry, we double booked by accident. Whoops. And so he had to like scramble to find 
a new venue. So props to Lyle and the team for putting it together with the the mess. Excuse me, the mess around that they had with the the competition venue. Uh, so it was a uh, a money comp ran by WRPF. Uh, so not too dissimilar from the Zero Pro in the sense that there was a pro flight. Uh, the pro flight was the only one that was up for money. And the money they gave away was 80 grand over two days. So 25 for first, 10 for second, and five for third, male and female. Uh, so we had Lily Riley competing in the female pro flight. And then we had uh, Joseph Whitaker, Matt Stenzel, and uh, honorary mention to Josh Takua as well. Uh, so it was it was a fun little comp. Lily Lily ended up with a two seventy seven squat, one twenty five bench press, and two forty deadlift. Insane. Uh, so that gives her the number two eighty two kilo total in Australia, and the number five ever in a, in the world as well. Six forty two. Uh, yes. So um, I have a feeling I could be wrong. Kita Marie, Kita Crisp, is she number one? No, I no. think it's oh, Jamie. Oh, she's a 75, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, Jamie Morris. Yeah, okay. Jamie Morris has her total from maybe Pro Raw or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, L- Lily crushed it. She had a great day. She missed her second squat on, th- uh, on depth and then came back and got it on her third. Uh, she got all three benches, all three deadlifts. And the 240 deadlift has been like a bit of a – she's tried it five times and failed it five times. And she did it very easily, comfortably on the day. So oh, good. Um, she, was, she was happy to walk away with that. Uh, so good on you, Lily. Walked away with five grand. Had a great competition out there. Now it's about building into what happens next year. I think she's got the Ghost Clash in April over in Florida. You gonna go over for it? Yeah, planning to, mm-hmm. planning to. Um, and then on the men's day, Josh. Like I said, we don't coach Josh, but everyone knows Josh is a a, a lifetime zero guy. He's he trains out of our gyms. Um, he had a really good day. I think he squatted 320, mm-hmm. benched 192, and deadlifted 330. 30. Yeah, which were all comp PBs, I think. Yeah, 842. 842 at under 90, uh, and he went 9 for 9, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. he had a great day. Oh, wow. Had, had a really, really good Let's day. Let's go. What a monster, eh? Mm. Yeah, all, all his lifts, uh, besides bench, his, his squats and deadlifts looked conservative. There was definitely a little bit more. In both his squat and his deadlift. Uh, so that was great for Josh. Um, Stenzel squatted 345, benched 185. And uh, that's the end of his story. <laughs> oh. Didn't have the best time on deadlifts, a.k.a. bombed. <laughs> he opened on 310, which was fine. It, like Strength-wise, was fine. He went into it maybe a little bit too complacent. And he got pulled out of position, you know, in sumo where you just get pulled forward. Lost balance, so he, he didn't get it up. Um, so then he went out to his second one and it was perfect. Like position was perfect, coming up fine. But both his thumbs tore really bad. Oh. And so he tried his best to tape them up and go out for a third attempt, but he, they, he just couldn't hold on. It was too painful. Too painful. And plus, once you tape up, the tape slips real bad unless you tape it like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so unfortunately, he, he didn't walk away with a total, but he wasn't going in to, to break any records. We had a lot of good chats around around um, uh, his psychology coming into the comp just because Stenzel has always been very competitive uh, and he's always at the top of his game. When he competes, he's always like fighting for a win. Uh, And this was the first comp he was coming into in what he can remember where 
he was coming into the comp for himself. There was no pressure on the actual competition and he was feeling a bit too relaxed. So we had a couple of deep and meaningfuls around all that, which was good. Um, I like that sort of stuff, you know, both from, you know, Stenzel, my best friend, from a friendship perspective, but also it's a it's a more thought-provoking and challenging coaching conversation to have because it's it's an elite athlete problem. It's not uh, an everyday lifter kind of problem. So that was cool. Um, and he's, I mean, he... The, he had a great trip with his family. He's got a newborn or an infant and they took her to like Dubbo Zoo and they had a great road trip and had a great time. So uh, I don't think he's too upset. There wasn't a lot of pressure on him. Uh, and then we had Joseph. Big Joseph squatted 415. He then went 455 and 462, which he squatted both of them comfortably, uh, but called on depth on both of them. He benched 262.5. Uh, and then he deadlifted 362.5. Um, so there was a bit of a kerfuffle that happened where what happened, he missed his second and third squats and he was unhappy about it. Uh, so after the fact, he went and contested the lifts and uh, the lifts got overturned or one of the lifts got overturned. So the 455 got overturned. Uh, so then he went from fourth place up into second place uh, on projected Wilkes, in first place was Yuri Belkin because Yuri was competing. Uh, but Yuri tore like a hamstring or a, a, sorry, an adductor or hip flexor or something on his squat. So the deadlift was always going to be a question mark. Anyway, Joseph was comfortably in second after bench press. And so the deadlifts, Yuri ended up not being able to deadlift well. He pulled conventional and only ended up with 325. <laughs> Originally, he was opening on 415. So his dots dropped or his Wilkes dropped way back and put him into fourth. Uh, so that meant Joseph was now in first. And so it was head to head with Joseph and the two other lifters to go for first place. Uh, and in the end, we pulled that 362 because that secured first place on the third deadlift. So Joseph had thought he had won. Um, and then there was a complaint about the overturn of his lift and then it got overturned again. So he went from, <laughs> he went from fourth to first to third uh, which, I mean, it was a bit of a kerfuffle in general, but when there's $40,000 of prize money on the mm. line, you can see how um, emotions would have been running high. You can see how some people would have been quite upset. You can see where he would be upset. You can be, see where the competitors would be upset. Uh, so I'm, not, I'm obviously staying very neutral in this conversation while I describe what happened because a lot of people have asked me and I'm refusing to put anything in writing because then people make their own context and take screenshots and send it around. Uh, but that's essentially what happened, uh, and I'll leave it at that. So who ended up? So who were the top three in male and female overall? Uh, so in the female in first place was Sarah Rainbow. I mean... <laughs> oh, she's <laughs> you, unbelievable. You probably, everyone could have guessed that from a mile away. In second place was, was Jamie Morris. Um, I rapped Jamie, so I'm going to claim that second place. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that Jigsaw Jamie? Jigsaw, she's ja a monster. Jamie right? Jigsaw, yeah. She just um, uh, she's just finished filming for Gladiator as well. She oh, she was wow. filming Gladiator through her prep. You know, like the game show. Gladiator. Yeah, yeah. So she, her name's Chaos on Gladiator. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so that comes out soon. You can you can watch Jamie the powerlifter on on Gladiator, and then Lily Riley in in third place. Uh, in the men's division, in first place was Patrick Morrison. Uh, and second place was Mitch Lee, and then third was Joseph Whitaker. Yeah, the, the the lifting was pretty wild. Well, you said um, Pat Morrison squatted four hundred, four hundred point five, which is the all time under ninety squat. That's unbelievable. 
Yeah. And under, uh, under 90. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, that, let that sink in. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. Very impressive as well because he missed it on his second. Like got buried by it. Mm. And so we were all like, oh, there's no way he's coming back on his third. And he got, came back and just grinded it out. That's sick. And Mitch Lee, where's he from? Same thing. Sorry. Same thing happened to Yuri. So Yuri missed 385 on his first. Got stable. Well, not stabled by it. He, he came up about halfway and then just slowed down and stopped. Then he skipped a second. We're all like, is this guy just skipping and getting more rest or is he pulled out? And then he came back on a third and, and got it. Uh, Mitch Lee is from Tasmania. Very, very, very impressive lifter. I don't think, um, uh, for anybody listening, I don't think people realize or people follow powerlifting long enough to realize how good Yuri Belkin is. No. Like, Ruin, he, he almost won big dogs as, at 103 kilos. Yeah. He came third, I think. But if he pulled his, made his fourth deadlift, he would have won. Third deadlift, he would have won. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and this is against guys like Dylan he- Hellregal and <laughs> yeah. just like giant guys. He, he was 60 kilos lighter than his competitors. Oh my God. Yeah, so he weighs roughly, he's a light 110. He competes at under 100 as well. Mm. But, he, you know, he squats 415 for around there. I try to fire Colton off about this stuff as well. I messaged Oh, yeah. I was talking to Colton about it, and I'm like, you would have won this comp, you know? <laughs> you won twenty five grand. He's like, people win twenty five thousand dollars at powerlifting competitions. I'm like, yeah, no, you would have won twenty five thousand dollars at powerlifting competition. What does Colton bench? He benched two forty the other day. Oh, okay. So Yuri's bench two forty two. Yeah, and yeah, wow, they're pretty much. Colton squats more. What does Colton squat? Well, he hit four fifteen. I think Yuri squatted four fifteen. He has back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but then um we're we're confident that Colton will beat Yuri at his next comp. That's it. We we're confident that he'll have the biggest all time one ten total mm. and uh the biggest all time dots. Yeah. Yuri Yuri does the trick with the Pepsi on the floor, eh? Make, <laughs> yeah, make, sh- make it sticky. Yeah, he doesn't wear a belt when he did lifts either. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's what? And you see his abs through his singlet. He's That's a fucking specimen with no glutes. I would trade all my well, I'd trade all my strength just to have abs, but I'd also <laughs> train all my strength to have those brick abs that you can see through. Yeah. I remember once when we first moved here, Ricky was painting the, mm. you know, he has those brick abs. Yep. He was painting the blue, like the part around the mezzanine and he was up on the ladder, like painting. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> was like oogling his abs through his, through his shirt. Like, I just need some of that. But uh, it's uh, it's I think I've said this before, but Yuri's got no glutes though. None, none. How can you deadlift four hundred and forty <laughs> kilos and have no ass? Doesn't make sense. <laughs> no ass. Uh, Legit. Is he Australian? No, no, no Russian. He's Russian. Russian. Oh, okay, so Very he came Russian. over for mm. the comp. Yeah, he That's wild. he deadlifts and squats on techno gym plates. Yeah, crazy. Mm. Um, so, what do you think of the comp overall? Uh. I don't know how to answer that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what we're looking for. Well, yeah, I guess every comp's great, eh? I mean, I really love the aspect of... Because, like, if people are looking for the, me- the mechanics of the comp or the refing, or I don't want to talk about any of that. Mm. I don't care. It's just, like, it's the sport. It's going to be... Was it well run and was it entertaining? It was entertaining. Mm. It was... it Like, the thing I love about it is going and catching up with everyone. Mm. Yeah. Like, being able to see people that I don't always see and... Um, yeah, just be getting amongst it, being in the warm up room, and hanging out with all the lifters. Like, I've, so I I enjoy that aspect. That aspect for me never gets old. And so, because the actual sport and the organization of the sport, without sounding too negative, is it's just like routine for us now. Like we do it all the time. 
Uh, so if I go into it with that attitude, then it will be boring. It'll just be another comp. But if I go in with the attitude of like, I'm here to hang out with people and do my thing and be a coach, uh, it, it, it reminds me of what I've been doing for the last 10 years because I don't do much coaching anymore. Mm-hmm. So it feels good to go be a coach. And doing the live stream was kind of fun. Yeah, it's cool. You know, when people talk about like, uh, the thing that you always hear after comps is people complaining about officiating. Yeah. It's, if it's too good, people say they're too strict. It, do you know what I mean? You, you're never going to win that one. It's like any sport. Uh, CJ, how many sport events were on over the weekend? There are quite a few. And all people were talking about was the officiating. Of course. Mm. Yeah. It's just uh, when you're sitting, like, when you're sitting in the back seat and you're watching a slow motion replay, you're watching a video oh. from an angle and you can pause and rewind, of course you're going to have stuff to say. Mm. And, you know, sometimes that stuff is valid. But uh, like it, it's just because people want to, people want to say something negative to stand out and to spark conversation. Yeah. Because if you're like, that was a great meet, it's like cool. If you're like, oh, that was a negative meet, it sparks our. This is going evolutionary pathway. We're built on gossip. That's how mm. we formed tribes bigger than ten to fifteen people in the original days. It's like we're built on hearing stuff and being able to be interested and engage in it and that's gossip for the most part so if you say it's a great meet people just brush it off if you're like there's a bit of controversy it's like oh what is it mm. <laughs> which is why i haven't commented on all the people in my inbox that are like hey i noticed that you know you posted this and then that changed or i noticed the podium what happened i'm not engaging in that because people that they're not interested in the truth they just want gossip mm. Mm. yeah it's um yeah you're never gonna win with things like that like uh, <clears throat> like I don't know. I just think about referees. Like Bridget, you're a really good referee, and lots of people say you're a really good referee. Some people might even say you're strict, but it's like ah, she's adhering to the rules. Well, that's <laughs> which is, I'm yeah, about which, to say that yeah. strict refereeing is just standard refereeing. Yeah, like strict refereeing mm. is just playing by the books. It's not meant to be lenient. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like um, yeah, it's like people always go on about the referee in the the World Cup final that just went, uh, the All Blacks lost, and the ref may have played a big part in that but he was doing the best that he possibly could in that uh exact moment in that in that situation mm. it's like he you know he's got a split second to make his decision he can't go back on his decision can you imagine yeah. the pressure that on just, him yeah that just shows like that. your incompetency as a ref it's like there's a reason why he got the world cup final there's mm. a reason why he's at a couple world cup finals because mm. he's very competent in his job is he going to make mistakes yeah exactly no matter how competent you are there is going to be mm. an issue the thing i hate about it is like the average punter is going to complain about refereeing at palatine meet sure when other officials complain about it, but no one's doing anything to make it better, mm. which is why I'm so invested in APL and why I'm so invested in referee training, which is why I fly around and train refs up and sit next to refs. And I'm, I'm really harsh on that sort of stuff. I don't beat around the bush. I'm like, no, this is depth. This is not depth because I want the standard to be the same. But if you become an IPF ref tomorrow, they don't teach you how to ref. Like, There's no course that you do. You do a, a written exam and then you sit next to someone. And the problem with that is if there's ambiguity in the rule book or if there's any option for gray area or misinterpretation, like you can see something different to me, you're just going to pick up on whatever the person teaches you. So it needs to be like a top-down approach where everyone learns the same thing in the same way, where even if there is an element of human error, it's going to be balanced by the fact that we're all looking for and doing exactly the same thing. Mm. And unfortunately with our sport, you don't actually get that much practice as a referee. 
Do you know what I mean? Let's mm. say if you ref uh, you know, rugby or soccer or basketball, you get to practice every single week. Yeah. Every week, yeah. You get yeah. you get rep after rep Sev- after rep. Yeah, several you, you might coach weekend. in powerlifting if you're a referee. How many comps do you coach a year? Uh, can you ref a year? Yeah, not many. No, nah, mm. so uh, yeah, you get a far less practice than any other thing. And um, and yep. once again, at the end of the day, like in our sport, they're volunteers. Yeah, and when you do, like Bridget, you tell us, say you're sitting on a bench. And you're sitting side refing on bench. One of the rules is your feet can't touch the bench. How often have you given a red light for that? I don't think I have ever. No, there's yeah. lots of rules like that that you have to know that very rarely come up. So mm. not only do you not get practice very often, even when you do get practice, most of the lifts are perfect. Yeah. Most of the lifts are to depth. Most of the lifts are they're getting the calls or if they're missing, they're missing very obviously. Like they're either failing or it's like they're obviously missing a call mm. or obviously squatting high. Very rarely are the ones where you have to actually think and exactly like you said james you get such little practice which is why we're creating a course where there's a lot of practical stuff on video like here's a whole bunch of squats tell us what's high and tell us what's good that sort of thing Um, and people will have to do that yearly none of this you become a ref and then you're just a ref because i've worked with plenty of people that are like oh yeah i've actually been refing in this federation for 15 years i'm like cool you've got 15 years of bad practice because they never taught you how to do it right Mm. And it's not a dig at the person. It's a dig at the federation. And we've all fucked up in that regard, no matter what federation you're in, because no federations do it. And if we're going to make this sport, you know, uh, more accessible, if we're going to make it more um, attractive to people and attractive to sponsors, we do have to make it more professional. The only way we're going to do that is by training up people properly. Mm. Have Have you seen the debacle going on about the IPF thing? The IPF in a debacle. <laughs> <laughs> Very the, 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 the APU um, deadlift refereeing rule. Oh, no, but why is everyone putting down their deadlifts really <laughs> gently? Yeah, so one thing I've always hated in powerlifting, always hated, is this whole control the bar to the floor thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll notice when I do a lifter's briefing anymore, I never say like, you don't have to put it like, I used to always say that thing, you know, you got to control it to the floor. You don't have to put it down like it's glass, but you know, show some control because it's so ambiguous. What is it? What the fuck does it mean? How, how loud is too loud? Like are you getting out, out a decibel reader and measuring the noise. Like it's, it pisses me off so much when someone does a perfect lift is clearly still in control, has their hands on the bar, puts the bar down, and it's like red lights, it was too loud. Sorry, we don't like noise here. Like, <laughs> get fucked. No way. And so in the IPF rulebook, um, the stipulation is you can put it down however you want as long as your hands stay on the bar. And uh, it's very clear. And so what's happened is the APU has been like, no, we're going to decide that we're interpreting it differently and that control means like the fucking dark ages again where if it's not soft enough, we're not happy. The really annoying thing about it is that the rule book clearly, clearly, clearly states what that means. And it's because people un- don't understand English. So when you're reading written English and you see EG, what does it mean? Example. For example. Okay. So when you read IE, do you know what that means? No. Gives, it gives you an example? It's, it's clarifying what they mean. Yeah. So it's the same as saying like that is or that is to say. And so the IPF rule book is the lifter must put the bar down. I'm not saying the exact words. I can bring it up. It's on my phone. Um, show control to the floor with both hands on the bar. Or sorry, 
the show control to the floor. And this is IE, as in that is to say, the lifter must keep both hands on the bar. So all it means by control is that you don't drop the bar. Mm. Uh, and so for, ex- for some reason, they've decided to interpret it differently all of a sudden. So heaps of people are getting red lights for the way they put deadlifts down. And only in Australia, like the APU? Yeah. Wow. Very strange. Very strange. Oh. So it's one thing, because this is, this is not unique to them, right? So like I said, I've been pissed off about this for many years. This is the same thing. When I go around and I'm working with the referees to um, referee an APL more effectively, I always put, pull people up. I always pull people up on the whole, um, well, they put it down too loud. Because we've taken that out of the rule book. It doesn't mm. exist anymore. Because it's so dumb. Like so dumb. Yeah, you've pulled me up on it, which is good. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, but and th- this is the thing. It's like we accept the rules, but we never question them. So if we're mm. ha- to have the conversation, it's like, why should that get a red light? Mm. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. See, I understand dropping the bar because that could indicate that you've lost your grip and therefore mm. you've lost control. Mm. But just putting the bar down, I mean, everyone knows, try and put your max deadlift down quiet. Mm. Not only is it <laughs> silly and like impractical, it's also dangerous. Yeah. You don't want to control an eccentric deadlift. That's where people <laughs> hurt their back. Mm. Yes. Because I watched uh, the comp at Newcastle Barbell. Yeah. Uh, I just watched bits and pieces of it. And I was watching it because I was so confused. I was like, why is everyone putting it down? Bro, people were terrified. Mm. Why are they putting it down like they're lifting on a basketball court? Yeah, because a few... (laughs) Stop. (laughs) That's good. I'm going to pay that. Um, (laughs) So good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was I going to say? Yeah, I think a few people got red lights for it and then everyone was just scared. Mm. They're just like, it's not worth, uh, it's not worth it. Mm. Yeah, so silly. And again, I'm not trying to demonize that particular fed much. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> like, I mean, but it's, it's just ridiculous. And it, that's not the only rule in powerlifting that's ridiculous. Mm. There's so many rules in powerlifting that are just there because they've always been there. Like thumb loops on bench press or squats. Mm. Yeah, so why is that a rule? So that's a rule. This, this is my belief. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. In the rule book, you can't have the wrist wrap more than eight centimeters below the wrist joint or more than two centimeters above the wrist joint. Because the loop counts as part of the wrist uh-huh. uh, the wrist wrap, it's technically beyond that. But it's like, how many times have you put on your thumb loops and done a squat and added 30 kilos? Mm-hmm. Never. It doesn't add any sort of competitive advantage. Uh, so it's another thing that I've modified in the rule book. Well, well, so I shouldn't say I have, we have. Do you know what's them. weird though? So like, um, I guess people... Do any of you guys put the thumb loops on when you put wrist wraps on? I don't. I haven't f- for like 10 years. Oh, yeah. I, I never do. have. Oh, you do? Okay. Mo- most people do. Oh, do they? Yeah, okay. most people do, for sure. Because right. I was just wondering, why do all these powerlifting companies make them with, but if you say most people do, that's a... Yeah, de- definitely most people do. Then they tried for a while. A few companies tried the whole like loop it through thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just never really took off. People mm-hmm. just didn't like that style for some reason. Mm. Uh, are your A7s like that? Or do the A7s have the double loop? No, they had the... Um, they had the double loop, so you can do them like that. Yeah. But it's was, it was shit. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like you couldn't really get it tight enough. Too many loops. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just do what you do. I think we do the same thing. You just hold it and then put it on. That's yeah. how you taught me. Yeah? Yeah. You taught me. You're like, oh, just get into the habit of not using the thumb loop because in comps you can't. Mm. And I just, that's just how I've always wrapped since just because that's how you showed me. See, mine's nothing to do with that. You should you should all have noticed by now. I'm just a, like lazy with equipment. <laughs> Like when's the last time you've noticed? When's the last time you've seen me buckle up my belt? Yeah, 
Bro, it's just because that extra step I don't want to do. The amount of times where you're about to squat, I'm like, does he know? Does do we need it? Should we stop his routine? Right Tom Brady does so many funny things. He's got like he's got like you know he'll just wear whatever's downstairs. <laughs> he'll wear that. random wrist wraps that aren't his. He's gone to pro or borrowing like <laughs> socks, shoes, someone else's belt. It's good though. It kind of just shows that it doesn't really it's matter. A, I know. I love it. That's the thing I love about it. Mm. I just can't be bothered traveling stuff. Like yeah, with, like with, a belt. Yeah, when we go overseas, Meg will pack like every bit of her lifting equipment. I'm like, I don't want to cart around my belt everywhere I go and lifting shoes everywhere I go. Just I remember when I, because my, like I said, my early influence on powerlifting was like IPF kind of stuff. So I remember when I first trained at PTC and I saw Tom bro jump in with someone squatting and he just put like the 10 kilo plates over, uh, <laughs> over like the clips. And I was like, <gasps> blasphemy. Yeah, I was like, I can't believe he's doing over it. the clips, <laughs> over the clips. He knows better. <laughs> so Daniel's, Daniel's introduction to me when he came up that time for work and was stuck for a month and was training with us. I was like at the peak of my client load at that stage. Like I had uh, over a hundred online clients plus all the people in the gym. And uh, I was just working a lot. And so I'd work between sets. So he walked in and I was at the computer Then he looked over and I was just doing like 270. And then I was back at the computer and someone's like, Thomas, it's your set. And I just walked up, did 300 and then walked back. And he's like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> He brings up that story when I talk yeah, all no. the time. You still do that stuff. You'll yeah, be like, uh, yeah, you'll be like oh yeah, we're going to move all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, sweet, when? And then I'll see you come down to start training. I'm like, oh, it looks like we're not doing it today. And then in between sets, you'll be like, you ready? I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Bro, just train. No, you got to stay warm. Stay warm. Stay ready. Enjoy like your equipment. session. <laughs> I'm preparing for comps because I always compete at comps I'm in. So I've got to prepare to like uh, yeah. lift and then do spotting and loading <laughs> that in is between. Good. That is good preparation. <laughs> yeah. It's not true. I'm just dead. <laughs> Weren't you building the combo rack like in the middle of your session the other week? Yeah, but that was like a deload week. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. That's uh, more ADHD than anything. It's like, oh I'm looking at the combo and I'm like, I have to build it. Like you're training, bro, just do it after. I'm like, I have to do it. I have to. Can't wait. Um, we've got a few more. We've actually spoken quite a bit about the comp and powerlifting and whatnot. So I'll leave yeah. these. We, uh, we might skip all the topics and save them for next week because i got to go in 10 minutes. Mm. Okay. Bridget, or hit us with minutes. your segment. Yes. Um, I've got a few funny would you rathers if you guys want to. Absolutely. Go on. I'm keen. All right. I was going to do like a Halloween theme, but then I found some other funny ones. So there's a couple of scary ones. Would you rather be haunted by a ghost or be the ghost doing the haunting? And I'm going to say the rule is if you're going to be haunted by a ghost, it's for your entire life. And if you're going to be the ghost doing the haunting, like that's your entire life. What's life? Like, well, well don't, get, don't get that deep, no, brother. No, 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 Come no, on, brother. I'm not asking what, what is life. What is Spend life? your eternity I mean, as a ghost. Why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> but if you're getting haunted by this ghost, it's, yeah, until you die. Nah, I'm getting haunted for sure. Yes, yeah, same. I'm make friends with this person. Mm. It's gonna what if it's it, like a really evil ghost? Like the ones from like the conjuring. With, and I want to make friends. It can't be any more evil or depressing than what happens in my own head anyway. <laughs> oh, I'd be like to the ghost, you sure want to do, you want to do this? <laughs> I turn this back on the ghost. What if it's like the nun from the conjuring movies? Yeah. She's pretty scary. I'm not scared of scary stuff anymore. Yes, you are. <laughs> Legit. After the weekend. Nah, I'm taking the risk. After what, the weekend. What if the ghost ends up to be like Casper? Yeah. It's not, okay? It's not <laughs> a Casper ghost. So you're ruining right, the spirit of the- right, Just quickly, in the weekend, Lim was like to us, what do he say? He goes, there was a ghost 
And no, he was, he's like, imagine if there was a, a ghost and he was bald. <laughs> like, Have you ever seen a bald ghost? <laughs> we're like, Liam, why'd you put those two things together? Why are those the why two scary that? things? <laughs> What's Who's thinking horrifying? of Daniel? <laughs> the uh, ghost. But I said Casper. Casper's a bald ghost. Yeah. Mm, he's the man. He's the OG bald He's the ghost. man. I just remember that scene That's in the movie fun. where they're all eating and it's like going through them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Bridget, what you got? What were everyone's answers? Get haunted. Yeah, haunted. Haunted? I think I'd want uh, I think I'd want to do the haunting. Haunting would be I funny. Think it'd yes. be fun. Yeah, I think it'd be hilarious. Eternity's a long time. You're gonna be dead for eternity anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. Trolling people would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Would you rather have a head the size of a tennis ball or the size of a watermelon? Tennis ball. Make me look more jacked. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Yeah, I'm going uh, tennis ball. I'm pretty close to watermelon. <laughs> so I'll probably go with a watermelon. Yeah. What you size fitted are you? Ball. What size what? New era fitted. I don't know. I don't wear hats because my head's so big. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I've got a I've got a really big head. It's deceptively uh Really? Yeah, bro. It's large this way. Must be a Filipino. <laughs> it's <thing>. large <laughs> this way. <laughs> this like, way. I'm a seven and a half fitted. Big circumference. Is that big? What yeah. is that? Okay. What's Daniel? I think we're the same size. And he's got a big head. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, he's got like 15, 20 kilos on you. Mm. Yeah, wow. There you go. I always thought I had a big head until a hairdresser told me once that my head was tiny. You've got a tiny Yeah, head. your head's quite small. <laughs> yeah. I think it's too big for my body though. No, nah, you like don't look one disproportionate. Of those heads. No, you don't look disproportionate. <laughs> Maybe when you were like young and skinny. Maybe. Mm. You've grown into your head. The only nice. thing that's... <laughs> yes. Yeah. What were you going to say? Nothing. Oh, what were you going to say? No, nothing. Oh. All right, would you rather live forever or die in the next 24 hours? Die, yeah. Yeah, mm. same. Same thing we mm. spoke we about like a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. It's like the, there's a lot of cost that comes for living, living for a time. Yeah. 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 Definitely. All right, in a zombie apocalypse, would you rather be the first person who turns into a zombie or the last? Last. Same. Uh, but imagine how scary it would be. I am legend. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I've had that's an- a good point. Mm. Nah, oh, it's hard because yeah, it's really almost like that eternity it. thing. Like you're gonna watch everyone you love turn into, mm. you know. And imagine all the scary situations you'd find yourself in, like thinking you're gonna get. At least you get to spend more time with your loved ones if you die last. But they're all zombies. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'd go first because I, I wouldn't want to see what the world becomes. Like, yeah. Yeah, you you miss out on all that, and all your memories of the world is like pre-apocalypse. Kind could of you thing. could you on that? Could you uh, like if I became a zombie and I walked in here, do you reckon you'd swing at me with a bat as hard as you could? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> Tom Rose, I could do that to you now. Like, <laughs> do yeah. while you're human. Yeah. <coughs> Wait, do you reckon? I reckon if you came in as, as a zombie, your job performance would be better. <laughs> Jeez, I do come in as a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Zombies probably sleep more than you do at this stage. No, 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 no. No. If everyone becomes a zombie first, at one point then I'll be the strongest lifter in the world. <laughs> no, nah, but zombies so, will be stronger. Yeah, but they won't be able to hit depth. They'll be too, too <laughs> stiff. <laughs> too stiff. <laughs> we don't think no one needs to hit depth anymore. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's oh. leave it there. I gotta All do right. this call. Nice. That's awesome. Good job, team.
Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.